Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215 here, with episode 3 of Where the Cruiserweights Play, which this time is a celebration and commemoration edition celebrating Halloween Havoc. So Halloween Havoc was one of the WCW's biggest and premier pay-per-view events, and as many people know, the pay-per-view had a ton of great cruiserweight matches, um, so I wanted to be able to come back, and after being busy for so long, um, celebrate three of the best cruiserweight matches from the pay-per-view's history. So, um, yeah, Halloween Havoc itself, you know, it's a cool pay-per-view concept. It's coming back with NXT as well. Um, I love the whole look of it. I love the um, aesthetics and the logo and the style of the pay-per-view. And I think it was one of those few pay-per-views which WCW had its own identity with as well, unlike WWE. You know, it was a pure... WCW event and it always brings out uh, pure nostalgia for all the WCW fans out there and any wrestling fans as well I think that everyone enjoys um, Halloween Havoc regardless of um, you know the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan and all those um, shenanigans taking place um, and there were some really great matches at Halloween Havoc um, not just um, cruiserweight matches you know there was a ton of great um, heavyweight matches and tag team matches as well throughout its history so I would definitely recommend people go um, over this next weekend with it being Halloween, definitely go and uh, revisit Halloween Havoc in time for NXT and see what WCW was all about. So, um, so yeah, it's been a while as well since I've done Where the Cruiserweights Play. As you may have seen at um, BBG Wrestling, I've um, been busy promoting a lot of fight events and reviewing a lot of fight events and game changer wrestling. So I kind of put um, Where the Cruiserweights Play on the back burner for a while. But um, but I wanted to be able to come back and come back with a really strong episode, which I hope gets a lot of people talking and I hope highlights a well, a few matches which um you know definitely need to be spoken about and celebrated, and um you know I, I'm just thankful as well of everyone for all your support you've given me um in the first two shows. You know it's um definitely a concept which you know is close to my heart. As I mentioned in the first episode, the cruiserweights are really um what got me started loving wrestling, and you know it's great to be able to share my love of the division with new fans and old fans, and I just hope that when you do listen to these uh, little podcasts episodes you go back and you think oh yeah there's some really good stuff there and you know i didn't know that before and then um, hopefully some new matches as well that you may not have watched or some matches you've not seen for a long time so um so yeah so let's get straight on with it so the first match I have chosen for where the cruiserweights play this week is um, probably the most famous match in the history of the pay-per-view, and that's saying a lot. Um, as many of you may know, it is going to be Rey Mysterio Jr. against Eddie Guerrero in a mask versus cruiserweight championship match from Halloween Havoc 1997. So, um, <laughs> wow, straight off the bat, you know, anyone will know that this match is historic for many reasons um th this is you know as good as wrestling has probably ever been in terms of the lucha influence in the usa and maybe in the west you know um and pay-per-view you know this was phenomenal this is one of those matches which is absolutely timeless. You know, it appears on the top of many cruiserweight um, top lists, WCW match lists, wrestling match lists. You know, it's an absolute um, 
perfection. It's perfection, this match. Um, I wanted to start this episode off with a bang. I mean, it's a match which has been talked about a lot. Um, so I wanted to talk about it off, you know, from the start and get the um, show off, you know, as the way it should be started talking about this. Um, and I also urge all of you, if you haven't seen this match, it is available um, for free on U- uh, YouTube on WWE's channel. Um, it's there for free for everyone to watch. It's a two of the force to go and watch this thing. Um, it's not very long as well, so it, but even so, you know, they use all the time they were given. Um, and it's just an absolute... It's incredible, you know, I mean, I'm talking about it, you know, with too many adjectives to, uh, there's not enough adjectives to do this justice, this match, it's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, so Rey Mysterio came out in a, um incredible looking full bodysuit, um, sort of black and um, purple coloured, and he also, cool in a cool way, had some face paint on, similar to Pentagon Jr. nowadays in AEW, underneath his mask. Um, but what was cool was the mask was actually um, sewn into his bodysuit which was really cool and really different um and really unique and i think this may have been the only time ray's ever done this in his outfits um but if someone does know if he has done it again then definitely let me know um because i would like to see and um eddie guerrero came out um with his um black and golden um green and red sort of flame coloured tights and um, his similar coloured boots. And as they mentioned on commentary, um, Eddie looked absolutely, you know, jacked in this match. His his body, his physique was probably the best he'd looked. His hair as well, you know, it might be a strange thing to talk about, but his mullet, he just looked an absolute superstar. He looked phenomenal in this match. He, he just, and the way he carried himself to the ring with the belt holding it behind his shoulder and his mannerisms and the, um, the cockiness and just the heel dynamic of him was just, you know, incredible. Um, and this is just an absolute gem you know, they just went out there and they just tore the house down. You know, on commentary, you could tell it was uh, Mike Tenet, Dusty Rhodes and Tony Schiavone on the call and I believe Bobby Heenan as well. And they were just in awe of what they were seeing. Um, it was it was just unbelievable. You know, it was just once in a lifetime where the stars aligned and although there were many matches what took place after this match between them, they never they they set the bar so high for themselves. I don't think they ever recaptured this. It was just a moment when the stars aligned. Interestingly, though, when I was doing research for this um, episode, this was only according to what I've read, but I could be wrong. The third match to take place in WCW between these two. Now they have wrestled a lot internationally, and they'd wrestled in um, Mexico for AAA and um, CMLL, and maybe UWA. Um, but I could only find that they'd wrestled each other three times in WCW, this being one of them, um, the, this being the third match between the two. So they were really early on in their WCW careers against one another um, before they had more matches going on into WWE. So that was really telling for me as well, you know, because I thought they'd wrestled a lot more um, going into this match because the chemistry the two have, you know, it's perfection. Um, and, you know, there was actually 10 near falls in 14 minutes. So, you know, you, you the near fall count in this one was crazy, <laughs> you know, and moves. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, if you want me to try and explain some of the moves in this match, I think I'll need a thesaurus you know it, it 
it's just everything you could think of a lucha libre um you know highlight reel you know there was a tornado ddt which came from a monkey flip there was you know an incredible looking um gory special from eddie there was an absolutely insane um plancha from uh, Rey Mysterio um onto Eddie who was stood where the um the turnbuckles apron uh, sorry on the outside where the turnbuckles was so Ray actually jumped over the turnbuckle and down onto um Eddie which looked like it you know was flying which looked awesome um the most incredible move probably in all of one of them in wrestling history was um, Rey Mysterio grabbed Eddie in a in a head scissors takedown, and then Eddie went onto the outside, and then the camera was placed perfectly up the ramp because what happened was was that Eddie um was just about to get back into the ring, and Ray jumped over the um top rope from the ring and landed a um rolling plancher um into a flying head scissors on uh, into the entrance ramp on the uh, floor. And that visual is one which just sticks with you in wrestling. You know, when you've seen that for the first time, you know, you're just uh, blown away. Even today, this is one of those matches where you watch it and you just will get up and jump up and down off your seat with what the heck you're seeing. It's just unbelievable. Um, the trust they had for one another to be able to do this stuff. And a lot of the maneuvers in this match as well probably never happened again. You know, because they were just they were just so unique. You know, we got a massive, huge power bomb as well from Eddie onto Ray, which landed him right on the back of his uh, head, which looked vicious. Ray took incredible power bombs. I will say that in the early days. You know, talk about the pressure to his knees. I mean, his neck took a heck of a lot of pressure as well. Um, and then the wonderful finish of you know Eddie climbing up onto the um, second rope with Ray. Um, on the turnbuckle, which then Ray countered from a razor's edge into the Hurricane Runner, and then got the three. Um, much to the um, you know, celebration of the fans. It it would and and Tony, um, Dusty, Bobby, and Mike Tenay on commentary. It's just history, you know. In my notes, I've put it was insane, it was amazing, and it was history. You know, this was history for many reasons. This is about as authentic as you can get in terms of lucha libre wrestling in uh, North America. This was the pinnacle of both men's athleticism and athletic careers, I believe. This was the best match they had with one another. I don't think anyone would argue that, including each other, including themselves. And it just was, you know arguably the match of 1997 in all of wrestling uh definitely in wcw um i mean in all of wrestling 1997 was such a strong year but you know this was right up there if not up there you know it, it told a great story in the ring it um harked back to the traditions of lucha it um made it was innovative it was you know a moment in time which all wrestling fans if you saw it will always remember and you'll know where you were when you saw this thing for the first time and um, it's nothing but nostalgia when you watch this thing if you saw it at the time you talk about this thing to, or you start the conversation about this to anybody and their lives will light up it was beautiful beautiful match beautiful you know wrestling and a match which if you haven't seen definitely go out of your way to see this thing because it needs to be seen it still needs to be celebrated to this day which is why it's the first choice for um, Weather Cruiserweights Play Episode 3. 
So that's my first match this evening. The second match I have chosen is also from Halloween Havoc 1997, but it was a match preceding that particular match, and it was between the Ultimo Dragon and a fellow Japanese wrestler Yuji Nagata with Japanese uh, manager Sonny Ono. So, um, so Yuji Nagata still um, wrestling today uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, he graduated from being part of the junior division at this point up into the heavyweight division and had great success winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and many other championships in, uh, you know, the Japan uh, for various promotions. And Ultimo Dragon the same. You know, he's gone on to become one of the most influential uh, wrestlers in Japan, but stayed within the junior heavyweight ranks. Um, this was, you know, really strong stuff. This was the first time I actually watched this match. Um, again, Bobby Heen and Dusty Rhodes, Mike Tenay and Tony Schiavone were on the call. Um, Ultimo Dragon came out in his awesome looking black and red and green trunks and uh, mask and then Yuji Nagata came out in sort of his um in sort of black trunks but he had a sort of really cool looking breastplate on as well and sort of um MMA inspired um uh, gloves because he was uh, mentioned on commentary he was a mixed martial artist um this was also for those um, factoids out there Yuji Nagata's pay-per-view debut in WCW uh, in the USA he had appeared in WCW pay-per-views over in Japan uh, but this was his pay-per-view debut in uh, WCW in the USA um so that was a pretty nice little touch as well um once again great match you know this was a lot slower than the eddie and Rey mysterio match later on um very typical poor rezu uh wrestling you know new jinagata big kicks big submissions uh grounded uh ultimo dragon ultimo came back though with lots of great kicks um and used his um speed to the best of his advantage um, there was a really nice looking um, suplex from Yuji Nagata which then led into a massive kick um, and then from there Ultimo Dragon hit a great leg screw, sorry Dragon screw leg whip um, and there was also a crazy and beautiful looking Asai moonsault from Ultimo Dragon to the floor which looked awesome. Um, somehow there was um, a, I can't really describe it but there was sort of a rolling handspring elbow which had been countered then in sort of like a rolling victory roll bomb a <laughs> rolling victory roll bomb um so that was a really cool little um maneuver as well um there was the typical sort of strong style slap battle which you get in a lot of japanese matches between the two uh, there was a crazy looking frankensteiner from ultimo dragon which then went into a dragon sleeper and um but then that was countered by yuji nagata who'd been working on the arm throughout the match and landed um or uh, put in place his arm bar which then uh, ultimo dragon sub uh, tapped out so he won by submission did uh, yuji nagata um great opener you know, and then after the match, um, Sonny Ono and Yuji Nagata began sort of attacking um, Ultimo's arm um, because there'd been a feud between uh, Ultimo and uh, Sonny Ono at the time. So he was sort of his hired gun was um, was Yuji Nagata for Sonny Ono. Um, in terms of near falls, there was only sort of six near falls in the match, but it wasn't really a fast-paced, high-flying encounter, this one. This was much more yeah, slow-paced wrestling uh, strong style contest um you know submissions pile drivers suplexes 
um, you know, strikes. It was very Japanese inspired and junior heavyweight inspired match this one. Um, but still really strong. I mean, what's interesting is if this match had taken place on another pay-per-view, it might have been the match of the night. Um, but, you know, following on from this match, we got the Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero match, which I just mentioned. And, you know, a lot of people, including me, didn't even know this match took place till I look back. And, you know, this is really strong as well for this show. Really good opening to the show and really set the tone for later on with Eddie and Ray. Um, and two very different matches, you know, as I just said, you know, this is a lot more um, technical and a lot more Japanese, and the Eddie and Ray match is much more Mexican. You can definitely see the, you know, the style difference, which is what I love about the Cruiserweights. You can see the difference in styles, and, you know, it, it definitely um, helps that there was such a great crowd for both these matches. You know, the crowd... Uh, were just on fire for both matches but you know it really helped this one along um, and the crowd were really into Ultimo Dragon you know I mean Ultimo Dragon um, just the crowd loved him um, and it really showed and I think it really added into the match and they hated Sonny Ono as well which was great you know it was always good fun um, seeing those great face and uh, heel dynamics but again strong match I recommend people go and check this one out as well this is also on the WWE um, network it's not available on um on YouTube, like the Eddie and Ray match, um, but it is available on the WWE Network to be seen. So I definitely recommend people go and check that out, um, as well as the previous match from '97. So the match I've chosen for the main event of this special Halloween Havoc inspired episode of Where the Cruiserweights Play is from the year 1996. It is the man of 1,000 holds, the Iceman, Dean Malenko, taking on Rey Mysterio Jr. for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And it was um, with Mike Tenet, Bobby Heenan, Tony Schiavone and Dusty Rhodes once again on the call. And this was absolutely fantastic. This match is absolutely incredible it was the first time historically that the um, cruiserweight championship had been defended at halloween havoc which um obviously added in a lot of layers to this match it was also the fifth match between uh Rey mysterio and um dean malenko in wcw they were two all a piece so um they'd both won two matches far they'd wrestled in four matches and both had two wins against one another so this was the rubber match um it, it was just I think what I love about this match is that this played in so beautifully to their feud in the sense that a lot of times in wrestling you talk about when wrestlers hark back to the matches they've had before in terms of storytelling or they don't and if they've not wrestled um, one another um, or they, they've wrestled one another before but they don't hark back to things that have happened it sometimes can take a little bit of authenticity out of it. This match was all about how they'd wrestled one another in the past and how they were going to um, exploit one another's strengths and weaknesses and how they were going to have a counter for one another at each step of the way. This was just storytelling beautifully done. This was a match which had time. It was the best match I've seen between the two. Uh, it's, I, I love this thing. I I love Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko, I recently, well, I wrote a wrestling round, a wrestling roundtable article about the um, cruiserweights, and Dean Malenko is my favourite cruiserweight of all time, and I believe the greatest cruiserweight of all time. Um, you can disagree with that, and I've got no argument against you, but I had to put this match above the Eddie and Ray match just because 
I love the dynamic between Milenko and Mysterio. Um, I think their feud was incredible, and this is, you know, a case in point of it. And, you know, in terms of the way they've worked with one another, you know, throughout this whole feud, leading into Halloween Havoc, it was great. And in terms of their um, attires, uh, Rey Mysterio had on um, a black and green trunks, um, sorry, a black, red and white um trunks and then he had on a um black mask to go with it but then Dean Malenko had on black and green trunks and had a black waistcoat on but he was holding uh which he'd recently removed from Rey Mysterio Rey's green mask which later in the match Rey Mysterio actually grabbed from on top of the turnbuckle and put back on um his face oh, well covered his face with because it was his lucky mask which is the one he'd won the championship with against Dean Malenko previously so again that layer of storytelling really came into this match in full force a lot of people are critical that the cruiserweights didn't really do storytelling telling very well and that they didn't really have much more than spot fests um I disagree given that this had several layers of um you know storytelling in it not just in terms of the action in the ring but also you know antics outside the ring with the mask um as an example and in terms of the actual action in this thing wow this was you know back and forth in every step of the way malenko you know, it started off fast with stomps leading into a cloverleaf attempt, which then Rey Mysterio countered into a um, into a leg screw, which then was then put taken to the outside with a head scissors, which got a massive reaction for Rey Mysterio. We got um, a crazy looking. Um, it was insane, but what happened is, is Dean Malenko actually lifted Rey Mysterio up and threw him into the ropes as sort of like a suplex, which looked crazy and vicious. Um, we got a huge back superplex from Dean Malenko onto Rey. Dean really took it to Rey in this match. You know, you could tell he was, you know, legit. Um, or you would feel that he was legit and he was intense, you know, which really played into it. The work on the back as well from Dean Malenko was awesome, you know, in terms of storytelling and every single submission hold which Dean Malenko landed or or, um, or put onto Rey Mysterio, he went into the middle of the ring so he wasn't able to get to the ropes easily, which in terms of storytelling, I think for any wrestling wrestlers or wrestling fans watching this and want to know how to tell a story in the ring or how to use psychology in the ring to get the most out of the actual um far side of the ring and center of the ring this is the kind of match you need to see because you know every submission was in the center every submission was put on with you know uh force and every submission was there to you know exploit every part of the body but most notably the back and the knees of Rey Mysterio and it was just beautiful to see you know there was a crazy looking tilt the world backbreaker from dean you know we got um ray landed um a crazy looking he he went for sort of a corkscrew um plancher but to the outside so reminiscent of the year after which ray did to eddie on the inside of the ring he did this to the outside of the ring to dean malenko which looked nuts um there was a crazy arm drag suplex uh, sorry arm trap suplex from dean malenko onto Rey mysterio um not necessarily a regal suplex like william regal but he kind of like a bit like a t-bone suplex which shelton benjamin used to use but he kind of did it with a fall away which was thrown with great gusto um they actually went on to the outside briefly 
Um, what happened was was they started fighting on the term, top of the turnbuckle and both landed to the floor and it looked like Ray was going to land some kind of a springboard off the um, guardrail but um, that didn't happen and instead Dean caught him and they landed um, you know a lot of uh, strikes on one another so it was you know a multi-layered match in many ways there was a beautiful looking chain wrestling moment as well where they were going for the um the the back um the back arm locks to try and get it look like a german suplex but neither of them did but then ray um counted into a um, jackknife pin which is similar to what zack sabre jr uses in new japan if anyone's seen that so you you, know, you land on top of the um your opponent and trap the legs and then sort of land your you land in a bridge and put your um back on top of their shoulders so that was beautiful to see um there was a corkscrew plancher um as i mentioned suplexes from Belenko. there was um a west coast pop which got a one count but then ray went to the outside and it looked like it was going to try and land it again but then it came into a sick dean caught him and landed it into a sit down power bomb which i absolutely love that counter i love that move i think it looks beautiful and i think it looks vicious and it just made the crowd jump up with a you know joint gasp of oh you know is this it and you know it was the 15th near fall in this match there was 15 near falls in this match just to reiterate there was 15 you know and i counted every single one of them as i went along um couldn't believe it 15 near falls um of varying one and two counts um which just shows how much um, they were concentrating on the victory and there was multiple submissions along with that as well but to keep that pace up and have 15 near falls I think you know you can't you can't not be impressed with that and then from there we got the um, ending which was a brilliant looking um, gut wrench power bomb reminiscent of sort of Mike Awesome in ECW so Ray it looked like that Ray was going to be Put on top of Dean's shoulders, reminiscent of Great American Bash 1996 earlier in the year between the two, where Dean um, grabbed Ray and then uh, gut busted him down to the um, canvas um, from the second rope. But Ray actually countered. Um, he jumped down, but then Ray came back up, and it looked like he was going to try and get some kind of a um, hurricane runner. But um, Dean caught him on the way up and um, gut busted, uh, gut wrenched him, and then landed him into a nasty looking power bomb to the floor, which Ray, you know, sold like it was, you know, the most deadly move you've ever seen. And that got Ray, uh, sorry, that got um, Dean the three count, um, and a surprising three count at that because I was actually um, at the time I saw this match expecting Ray to win, so um, Dean actually uh, won the best of, if you want to call it a best of five, three to two. Um, again, much like, you know, the match from 97 with Ray and Eddie, this is just an incredible match. The crowd were into this thing from start to finish. Um, it's a match again, which gets overshadowed by the year after, sadly. Um, but I feel it's just as good, if not slightly better. Um, I know that's arguable. Uh, maybe it's because I'm such a big fan of Dean Malenko and him against Rey Mysterio. Um, but it really is the toss of a coin as to which you prefer... Um, I love both matches. I love all the matches I've spoken about this evening. They're all different. Uh, Halloween Havoc course had great crowds. The crowd were great for these matches. The commentary as well 
from all the guys um, just beautifully complimented one another and they actually for once gave all of the cruiserweights the respect they deserved um, the cruiserweights had a tendency on commentary to be kind of um, not necessarily given the time and respect they deserved by the commentators which is a shame and by the production crew but everything um, was all about them in these matches and especially this match in uh, Halloween Havoc 1996 you know with the NWO being red hot you would expect some sort of NWO um, mentions but there was nothing it was all in the match um, and everything was focused on the competitors in the ring um, it's an incredible you know opening match again to a pay-per-view and you know it, it set the tone this this was the first year of the cruiserweight revolution in wcw and it was matches like this why people like me um you know became such big fans of wrestling because this was the kind of match which you know was such a hybrid of styles but so well done you know that you couldn't not fall in love with wrestling if you were seeing this and cruiserweight wrestling at that you know it was just you know again a moment when stars aligned and although it was surpassed by the year after with Eddie and Ray um, I still feel that this match needs to be given a lot more attention and you know the respect it deserves because you know it, it's brilliant um, and I, I just hope that in this match if you are wondering where it's available it's available again on the WWE Network or um, if you have it it's available on the Rey Mysterio Biggest Little Man uh, 3 disc DVD set um, which was released several years ago as well so it's available through um, different mediums as well as the WWE Network for you all to see. Um, and, you know, I, I just want everyone to see this one as much as the other two. You know, that's the reason I did this um, special of Halloween Havoc, you know. And um, I, I just, you know, love watching these three matches back. I've loved being able to share my uh, knowledge and experience with you of these matches. And um, definitely, you know watch them over the weekend and let me know your thoughts as well um so in, in terms of thoughts as i always do with where the cruiserweights play the um who wore it best without doubt has to go to Rey mysterio halloween havoc 97 with that um bodysuit the pink and black bodysuit it couldn't not be um that attire you know iconic attire and eagle-eyed listeners may know as well but that attire is actually in um wcw nwo revenge um the wcw n64 game um, i think it's his third attire if i'm right um which is really cool so that's awesome and then um the craziest move again it's got to be ray landing that um that plancher from the um inside of the ring into the head scissors onto Eddie Guerrero on the outside. You know, there are very few moves in wrestling where they've not been done again or they've not been done um to that level of quality. And this is one of those things where literally it did look like it came straight out of a video game. It was that good. And, you know, the way Eddie um caught Ray, but also the way Ray moved his body to be able to um you know, get it in full force was just beautiful, you know, and it was it was just one of those highlight real wrestling moments where I think regardless of if you're a fan of wrestling or you're not a fan of wrestling, you'll watch that and you'll think, wow, you know, th this is something special, you know, and I would say as well, actually, just in closing, that um, if you, I would say that all three of these matches, if you have people in the family 
who are not fans of wrestling or who are Lats fans, show them these one of these three matches and see what they think of them because I feel there's something there for everyone. We've got great chain wrestling, we've got great high flying, we've got a bit of brawling, we've got some submission work, we've got um, wrestlers from the USA, from Mexico and from Japan, um, great commentary. So it's everything coming together and Halloween Havoc is always a show which... Um, it's great fondness, like I said at the start, you know, great fondness I always have for it. So, you know, I hope you've enjoyed this special edition of um, Where the Cruiserweights Play, celebrating Halloween Havoc. Thank you once again, everyone, for your support with the previous two episodes. There will be more on the way. Um, just sorry that it's taken a while to come back with episode three, but I hope you've enjoyed this episode, as with the other two. And um, just to close off, if you want to find BBG Wrestling, um, you can find us on Twitter at BBG Wrestling, and you can also find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com so that's it from me for episode three of where the cruiserweights play i'm stephen jackson and i'll see you all again soon see you later